0: Welcome back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. I'm Ryan. Hey, and I'm Brian. And this is the Bible Bistro. The final episode of Bible Bistro season two. two. But come back for season three, because we got some really neat things planned. I don't want to give
1: away some of the secret. There's going to be some changes and some exciting things happening in the dun, Bistro. Dun,
0: dun. So
1: probably we'll, we'll put
0: out some announcements about exactly the date we'll be starting. Yes. But, it uh, will be in January. Yeah. Not sure exactly when, but we which will year, be back. Maybe 2023 2024, but <laughs> it's gonna distant be, distant it definitely future, be in January. <laughs> it will definitely be in a January sometime. <laughs> no, it's going to be. It's, we're just taking a few weeks off to do some planning, which yes, is a little different for us. It's a little us. different for us. We're going to do some planning, <laughs> thinking through, strategizing. Yeah. And, and I would say this is... If you're a listener and you have some questions or things yeah. that you'd like us to talk about, or, you know, not guaranteed that we can talk about, them. right? Or, I mean, we may not know. You'll know. Or some, I won't some know.
1: guests you'd like to see on. Yeah, or absolutely.
0: You know, if you'd like to be on the Bistro. Oh my gosh, we've never given a shout out. If you'd like to be on the Bistro, I don't, that could be, well, that could be dangerous. <laughs> You've already got a wild card in me. Um, yeah, so, fair point. Anyway, but uh, yeah, let us know what you think, and we're uh, we're planning ahead, and so we'll yeah. be excited for you to join us yeah. then. so good, good stuff coming up. So. Yeah, but before season three, yeah. we're going to wrap up season two today with Advent. End of Advent, yeah. And, and what so, are we talking about we're gonna today? We're going to talk about
1: love. Today is the fourth week of Advent, or we're talking about the fourth week of Advent today, and so we're talking about love. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the only thing I'll say about love is it's one of these words that everybody... We use it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and it kind of ha- can get slippery. You know, whenever you use a word in, in a variety of different ways, it, it kind of – and we even sometimes play on that. I was thinking one of my uh, favorite um, – Singers, songwriters, is Tom Petty, and he has the song uh where he says, "You know, uh, she's a good girl. She loves horses. She loves her boyfriend too, right? Right. And we use love like that. Oh, I love this, this, this shrimp and grits I love it. You know, and
0: yeah, that's a different love. And I
1: love my mama, and I love my children. You know, and so we right. use. We, it, we, and I love God. You know, and I love America, right? And <laughs> all, all these things. Well, it's it's the Tom Petty reference to Yeah, she loves America, right? But we use love in a, in a variety exactly. of different ways exactly and and so here's the thing theologically it's important it's a crucial word for christianity thinking about god's love for us and and so we're going to talk about that biblically from some passages thinking about the way that we also are called to love one another and so here's where it kind of becomes wishy-washy yeah i know god loves me and and i love everybody you know and you think, okay, what does that mean when you mm-hmm. say you love every person in the world? How how's that demonstrated? What you know? And so that that's kind of what I want to talk about today as we think about love. We're going to look at Isaiah as we've been doing so far, right? But I want to start with a couple of New Testament passages that these are. <laughs> I know this is going to kind of sound strange, but these are about Jesus' birth as well. And one of them is from hmm. Paul. Romans chapter five six through eight and and, and I'm going to go ahead and tell our listeners we're going to go through a lot of scripture today, which is a good thing in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But Romans chapter five uh, verses six and six or eight, you know, yeah, go ahead and open the CSV. That's fine. And then uh, later in First John, we're going to look at a couple passages in First John because these really are crucial as we think about this concept of love. Um, so when i was thinking about this what i recognize is one of our first experiences of love for most of us is is the love of our family uh right you're born uh you're you're um given a safe space hopefully Uh, i i say that trepidatiously because i was thinking about this even today i was reading about this this person who had horrible experiences of abuse when they were young and how that shaped them and affected them And, and thankfully they're they're working through that in, I think, a very healthy way. But, you know, mo- for most of us, the positive experiences of love come from from our family of origin, you know, and we experience that. And that's what helps us then be in a place where we can love. And again, sometimes that's not the case, but there's, you know, there's still hope for us in, in finding ways through that uh, through that. Um, but here's the thing, when you think about the love that your family has for you, that was really expressed in concrete ways. Even before you were able to reciprocate love,
0: hmm.
1: right? You see, what I'm saying when you were powerless, yeah. then your your mother and your father and your you, you know the uncles and aunts, pe- grandparents, people around you were. We're expressing love to you in, in their care and, and in the concrete things, right? right? They didn't just, you know, set you off in a corner someplace, say, oh, we love that child, you know, and mm-hmm. it was, it, there was a concrete way in which that love was expressed, right? right. And we often talk about a mother's love and and and, and it, it's it's a different, uh, again, you say we use love in a different, and that's different than, you know, I love uh, chocolate-covered cherries this time of year, <laughs> right? Or, right? I love this sweater you got for me right uh, it, it's a concrete way in which love is expressed to you now here's the thing i think when we start talking about god's love for us i think sometimes it and you help me correct me if i'm wrong i think it can sometimes come across in a very abstract way oh i know god loves me no right? I, yeah it, it, it's a knowledge kind of thing but do we experience god's love or do we feel about God's love? I had a counselor once tell me, you know, that that 12 inches from your head to your heart is is the, the problem sometimes, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I know God loves me, but do I experience that love? Do I feel that love that God has for me? And, and how can I feel that? And so I guess that's the first thing I want to kind of think about is, is um, God ultimately showed his love to us, I would say in sending his son, which is what we are thinking about in this season, right? He was expressing to his people in the past, um, you know, I'm going to send this Messiah. Um, And, and, you know, later we understand, it's talking about his son uh, that he's sending for us. And this is the concrete expression of of God's love, his care, his concern. Um, and, And so I think, when we think about love in this way, it kind of can correct some wishy-washy or vague feelings that we, we sometimes associate with Christianity. And I think it has a practical, you know, you're always saying, well, so what? I, I <laughs> am, I am, I am. I'm always saying It's it. on your cue card. So what? <laughs> um, yes. But I think, I, I think that this can help us kind of firm up some of those ideas about how love is used within Christianity. So that's what I want to talk about today. Okay. Um, you know, so, so I think it's you know, crucial we think about the coming of the son of God um, in, into the world as a way that we see this expression of love and it helps us understand what it means that we are redeemed people and it helps us understand the way that we express love to others is the way I would say it. So read Romans chapter
0: five for me if you would, verses six through eight. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us.
1: Okay, so here's this idea, and I know this sounds more Easter than it does Christmas, but but do you see that I, God shows, or the NIV says God demonstrates His love for us in this. This is this is how God or proves, I think, is what what CMB says. Yeah, demonstrates. Okay, mm-hmm. that that this is what this is how God uh, shows His love for us, and, and again, it's a concrete way, right? He right. sent His Son. Um, and and his son was willing to die on our behalf, right? Um, and, and what do you notice about that? I, I like I actually like the CSV. You, CSV is what you're reading there. CSV, yep. CSV, sorry. When, when it says... Um, uh, the the very first part while we were helpless that's kind of what I was talking about earlier yeah, for right?
0: while we were still helpless right
1: the the, the NIV says uh, while we were still powerless same same kind of thought but it was kind of what I was talking about before as a baby
0: um, we're helpless without. exactly
1: we we have no way that we can reciprocate and, and and in fact we are not able on our own to do what's necessary for our lives and, and that's the situation that God finds herself, finds us in, I should say, and, and responds to us in the gift of his son. Uh, it, it didn't it didn't strike me until just now, but it reminds me very much of the image we get in Ezekiel. It's in the teens. I can't remember what chapter exactly. I want to say 15, Ezekiel 15, where God is talking about the nation of Israel. And he's basically, they kind of got haughty with themselves and, and he's kind of reminded them where they came from and he says when i found you you were a baby that had been left out on its own to die been exposed and i came by and i said do you live um and and, and that's the kind of you know expression of love again so so god demonstrates his love not when we could do anything for ourselves in our powerlessness god sent christ um, he sent his son for us that's the christmas part of this right yeah. and and uh and he died for us in our in our ungodliness. Um, and and there's some, another part of this, and I don't know if I want to let's go ahead to, to the next next part of this. in, in first John chapter four uh, verses nine through ten. I'll go ahead and read this. This is the NIV. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. So that's the same kind of thing, right? God demonstrates his love in this way. Mm-hmm. Here's how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him so it's a similar kind of idea right we're, mm-hmm. we're unable to, to do for ourselves we're unable to live and so he sends his son that's the advent he's promising this and then finally he sends his son that's what we're looking forward to and then this is what it, verse 10 says this is love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins that word is only used a few times um, in the New Testament maybe well, i I don't remember off the top of my head, so I'm not going to say. But, but he sent him as a atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, that's an interesting part of this Christmas story, and some people really want to get the Easter story, you know, in Christmas, and I think it's an important part of it. But isn't it interesting that here, where John's talking about the sending, and and again, John, John wasn't big on the Christmas story in his gospel, right? Right. But he isn't. What's important for him is the incarnation uh, that that God sent His Son to take on flesh and to dwell in our midst. That's what he's hes big on. Here it, it says that he also became an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So I, I'm gonna say that part of what I think John is saying, and, and in fact, he says this elsewhere in his gospel, you know, Jesus says this in his gospel, that, that we were in a state of death until Christ came and then we are made alive, right? Uh, so the the gift, if you will, of, of Christmas is that we are transformed from death to life. But he calls it here an atoning sacrifice on our sins. And 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 here's why I wanted to talk about this um, and, and kind of think through this because love, God's love for us, isn't a blind acceptance of where we are. Hmm. Okay. Now make sure you understand what I'm what I'm saying. We're gonna go back and say this again. His love for us was demonstrated before we could love him this is you know john says it this way this isn't love that we love him it's that god loves us <laughs> right right it's not that god says oh look at those people love me well i guess i'll love them back it, it's that as He's paul the would, initiator as paul would say while we were powerless then christ died for the ungodly right mm-hmm. in our in our unloveliness we were loved by god in, in this very specific concrete way so that's true, but he didn't say, well, but they're aren't they great? That's the reason I love them, is because they're great just like they are. What he says instead is what they need is an atoning sacrifice for their sins, because they're not great. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yes. In fact, as Paul says, they're ungodly. These are ungodly people. Uh, and, and yet God loves us enough that he sent Jesus so that we didn't stay in that, in that situation. So I guess let me stop here and ask you. Look, so, I, and just because there's kind of lot lots of thoughts going through my head, what does that speak to you then? What what kind of things? God's sending His Son Jesus. How does that demonstrate His love? Would you say, or what kind of what parts does that have to us? Uh,
0: like sacrificial, like, okay? It, yeah, I mean it's it's, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I, sacrificial. I think is a good word. Sac- sacrificial. It's, even
1: his even his taking off you know we often say oh he left the glory and splendors of heaven however however you want to understand that but but he took on flesh which became a a very painful experience right Mm -hmm. for us not because he needed to right right but he did that because we needed him to so i would call that sacrificial
0: yeah i mean it's it's uh it's yeah it's not about him it's about I, i mean it's I don't know. I don't know how to word describe. I, I don't know when you have a child,
1: and I think there's, I'm just getting back to your side. I think you're right. Sacrificial is not a bad word. It, it, when you, when you have a child, you recognize it's not all about you, right? Right. That um, there are things that are going to have to change <laughs> in, oh, yeah. in order to in order to meet their needs. And 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 again, this is where I think sometimes we get this this it kind of get a wishy washy idea of God's. Well, God loves me, but you know he he loves you Jesus said this if you as a as an evil father right give good gifts to your children you know if your child asks you for an egg you don't give him a scorpion is right what he says which is a weird thing to say um, you know <laughs> uh if your child asks for a fish you don't give him a snake right and you're right like, oh, okay you probably don't but but this this idea of if you if you that are evil, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your good father, right, your 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 father in heaven, how much more does he give you? Specifically, he says the Holy Spirit, which, as we've said before, the Holy Spirit transforms us and changes us. So, so you know, it's sacrificial. Uh, it's provision. It's provision. I think he, you know, he makes us live. He gives us what we what is necessary for life. Um, James would say every good and perfect thing we have comes from the Father of Lights, right? Every good thing we have, our family, our you know, it's dependent upon Him. It, it depends upon Him for the blessings that we have. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess we could go on. Is there any anything else that comes to your mind, or
0: <laughs> pretty much covered? I think you covered it there. <laughs>
1: well, and, and and here's the thing. So here's what I want to go back to: is, is we get this kind of thought in popular. In culture today, I guess is the for lack of a better term. I know culture is a very slippery term, too, yes, even as is. I say it. But, but we get this idea: well, God is love, so He loves me like I am, and, and and I want to affirm that. Yeah, He 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 loved you in your ungodliness, but He also loved you and recognized that part of what you need is an atoning sacrifice for your sins. Hmm. Uh, you, you get what I am saying? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that and that is a, an aspect of His love for us is I'm gonna give them what's necessary so that they can be transformed. So even as I said, the Holy Spirit, the transformative work of the Holy Spirit in us, I think is is an aspect of that.
0: So, you know, God's love isn't, you know, (laughs) when he- It is is prior to our regenerate. He's loved us even when we have nothing to bring. Even though when we're not as we should be. And in that love, but does give us Christ and the Holy Spirit to Transform us out and, of,
1: and that's that's the other part of that love. It's a love that doesn't want to leave us where we are, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's that's the other the other part of this. Okay, so those are kind of the Old Testament things, and now so we've been going through Isaiah, and we've been going through what basically the the lectionary, the universal lectionary says, is is the the passage for the Sunday. So it's Isaiah chapter 7, which I had a hard time getting much out of this, this. That's why we're doing some of these other things. But I do think there's an important word in here, and we're going to read verses 10 through 16. This is the Ahaz. We actually, if you want to really listen to a good treatment of this passage, look back last, because the other thing we did this passage last year yeah, uh, during Advent, really good treatment of that. So go back and take a look at that. But was it during Advent or was it a different? Time? Oh, it was a different time we did Isaiah. 7. A,
0: yeah, we did a different time Isaiah.
1: It's in but this season. In the magic, in the magic of podcast, it will actually be in the comments when this is all done. Um. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Yes, Ryan's got a lot going on this week. So yeah. here's what chapter seven verses ten through sixteen says. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz saying, "As a sign of the Lord your God, let it be as deep as Sheol, as, as the the." Um, you know, hell or as high as heaven, but Ahaz says, "I will not ask; I will not put the Lord to the test." Then Isaiah says, "Here then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary mortals that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Look, the the young woman, the virgin, is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel, and, and that name, Emmanuel, literally means God with us. That that's what that name means." Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that that promise of God being with his people. Uh, he shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you are dread will be deserted. And we've talked before, there, again, there's a good historical thing if you wanna talk about this. What I wanna talk about is the family aspect of what Emmanuel means. It means God with us. So, so part of that concrete nature of the love of God is that he says, I wanna be with my people. And, and in Jesus, God takes on flesh and lives in our midst. Um, it, it, it's it's relationship. And, and here's the thing, love, when I say love, we sometimes think about the love of God abstractly. Love is expressed in relationship, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's a part of the, if we talk about love in funny ways, um, you mentioned the many splendor thing, but you know, we've got all these love songs. Uh, we've got all these, these expressions, weird expressions that we use, but, but love is expressed in relationship. Uh, and, and so this is the way that God chooses to relate to us. Uh, not that we could somehow climb up a mountain and find him, but he comes down and, and lives in our midst, uh, takes on flesh like one of us. And, and so we talk about, <laughs> and I think people misunderstand this saying, I've said this before all, all the time, when they talk about the personal aspect, the personal relationship nature and, 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 uh, w- of our love of God and his love, for, specifically we're still talking about his love for us. Um, but uh, it, it is personal in that it is not impersonal, right? It, it is a personal relationship. We, we, he, he took on flesh and we relate to him as a person, Okay. Right. It's not impersonal. It's not some force, love force, or whatever. It's just floating out there, right? Right. right. It's not like a love wand he smacks us with or something. I don't know. But it is. It is. You know, a a love of one person for another, and and God demonstrates His love for us in sending His Son uh, to become Emmanuel, to become become God with us. So, the second major point I want to make. So, I'm talking about this idea of as God's love is a transformative love. It doesn't leave us where we are, it changes us so that we are a different kind of people than we were before. Mm-hmm. True in the Old Testament, it's true in the New Testament as well. Uh, when God talks about this love that he has for his, you know, when I t- talked about this in Ezekiel, wherever it is, 15, I think, uh, when he talks about this idea, I said, Do you live? He's talking about you were transformed. I chose you. And you became uh, the means by which my message was going to be taken to the entire world. Um, so it's a transformative kind of love, okay And here's the other thing I want to say is God's love for us has to do with identity. We talked about identity. Uh, again, this earlier this season, talked about First Peter and oh, yes. kind of the chosen exiles. What right. a strange mm-hmm. identity! I said that is that we were chosen and yet we are exiles, exiles right? Yeah. So, so here's the way that God's love for us, I think, has to do with who we are. Um, it, it, it's an interesting way to think about identity. Um, how, what are different ways? That we identify ourselves. We talked about this before. I think even in that episode. Uh,
0: Our families, groups that we're a part of, right? um, Occupation, maybe. Occupation. Yeah. Where we live. Where we live. What we look like. (laughs) I mean, I, 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 you know, I mean, I think there's. We are finding new ways all the time to To identify identify ourselves.
1: ourselves. Yeah, and even.
0: Not in good ways. This well, is... that's
1: what i say. One of the things that we, we have been reading about and we've been talking about a little bit is this idea that we can create an identity, right? By our own, we become the creator, creator. of who we are, right? Right. Um, and, and and so that kind of moves out, you know.
0: There's a lot to unpack with that.
1: There is. And and so here's what I want to say is God's love, I think, has to do with our identity so when you talk about your family you know i am um you know the child of my parents Uh, i am my spouse's husband in in my case you know i'm Josanne's husband uh you're lauren's husband you know we're identifying ourselves by relationship and Mm -hmm. and it's a love kind of thing right i I am the the child of dale and loretta you know that's that's my identity i in our last name our our you know Family right. name carries with it some of that. It's about relationships, it's about love, and I want you to notice the number of times when we talk about God's love for us. It has this element of intimacy uh, to it, um, like Emmanuel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this this intimacy, and and one of the passages I'm going to pull out a really weird one, unless you're a Messiah fan, and I mean Messiah hand by handle, not the other guy. <laughs> um, Uh, you know, Handel's Messiah, we sing. Unless you're familiar with that, this is, I'm pulling out kind of a really weird Old Testament passage, Zephaniah. If you're a Handel person, you're gonna start singing in just a minute. Um, But uh, Zephaniah, chapter three, verses 14 through 17. Why don't you read for us, this is the NIV I think we have.
0: Sing, daughter Zion, shout aloud Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, do not fear Zion, do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. We
1: could, we could talk about this passage for a long time, but notice some things here. Um, he talks about daughter Zion in that interesting and daughter is real. So there's that idea of, of like family, right? Right, Like a daughter, like a daughter that needs cared for, like a daughter that I'm providing for everything that's necessary and I'm protecting, right? A protecting kind of love I didn't mention earlier, providing, protecting, uh, you know, a transformative kind of love. Um, and then it has all this stuff about the Lord has taken away your punishment. Uh, and and down at the very end of this, uh, in his love he will no longer rebuke you. So he recognizes again <laughs> that we are deserving of uh, we, we've we've gone astray right right we, 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 we're deserving of um, you know uh, a different end. It reminds me a little bit I almost included this it reminds me a bit of the story in Hosea um, not of Gomer. Uh, and and Hosea so much, but of their children, or at least their child, um, who was given this name. You might remember there's two children uh, that is born to Gomer. Um, One of them is probably Hosea, the other may not be. And and one of them is named Lo-Ruhamah, right? Mm -hmm. No mercy. And the other one is named Lo-Ami, not my people. But then he says, "But they will be ruhamah. You know, I'm going to change your name. Ruhamah. I'm going to change your name to Ami, and that's kind of that that same image that they will be my people, right? I'm going to take away their shame. I'm going to take away their sin." And I'm going to once again have this relationship with him, and that's that's the kind of thing I think we have here. Um, it, it relates a little bit to our talk about joy last week because you see this idea of joy, the hang hands hanging, hanging. limp. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds you of what surrender. Okay, surrender. Well, I, I was thinking. I was thinking like we talked last week about the courage and the strength that God oh, gives yes. us. You remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to transform His people to be instead of like. Knee, knees knocking, yes, right? And so they're ha- hang, hands hanging limp. He, he, you know, He's gonna strengthen them. Do not fear, don't be afraid. But here's what it says. The Lord your God is with you, is Emmanuel, right? Mm-hmm. God is with you. That's what it says there. The Lord
0: your God is with you. Is
1: with you. He is Emmanuel, right? The mighty warrior who saved you. And then these, these two lines, he will take great delight in you. And that's kind of the, again, God's love for us isn't abstract. I mean to take delight what images does that give you when you talk about him taking delight in us? How would you how would you express that if you're thinking in human relationships?
0: Uh you know like as a dad like delight in my kids like exactly. smiling watching them, you know, flourish and exactly. do what they love and
1: That's exactly right. There's there's a sense and it's not you know, you live in a great neighborhood. You know, and 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 I've met some of the neighborhood children in this near this bistro, right? Yes. And and, and they're. They're good kids, right? And you, you 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 like their families and all this kind of stuff, but you feel differently about your children than you do mm-hmm. the neighborhood ruffians, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> they're
0: rough kids around here. Yes, and but you, yes, I do.
1: But you get what I'm saying? You're going to take delight de- take delight in them in a way. You might say, oh, "I love these kids," you know, mm-hmm. and, and you wouldn't want to see any harm come to the, these right. kids. And you would, if, if something happened and you could protect them, you would, would do, do you would do yeah. that. That's that's a love you're expressing for them. But it's different with your kids, right? Mm-hmm. There's a delight there. There's a. There's a. I don't like to see their Christmas programs. <laughs> exactly. You're not going to give up an afternoon to absolutely. Go listen to them sing. Like,
0: oh, would you like to come see my junior high choir? Nope. That's a great. That's a great image, and. and you know, I mean, it's hard for me sometimes with my own kids. Right. I'm learning.
1: Here's the worst. I, I remember a seventh grade band. I'm learning the clarinet. It's like there is no torture worse than than someone who is learning the clarinet. I mean, it's a don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful <laughs> instrument when played correctly. Uh, I, I love the clarinet and its in its you know uh, Benny Goodman. Uh, I was gonna say Benny Goodman. Uh, Rhapsody in Blue would not be what no, it is without it a wouldn't. clarinet, but. When a seventh grader is learning the clarinet, there are there are very few forms of of ear torture that I can think there's of. There's not that much are
0: delight in it. Well,
1: and 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 but you get what I'm saying. For yes. your kid though, you'd listen to that, and and you would you would do what's necessary. But yeah, you there's something about loving watching them. Like, so here we're at Christmas, right? And you you know, I, I came in today, and and the the help staff here was was wrapping. Uh,
0: you know, some of you, your housemaid. Again, was... I just, for clarification, I have no staff in my home. What? Uh, Brian has made allusions in the past in this bistro that I am some Scrooge McDuck with a staff waiting on me. That's a fair point. I, this was your, this this was this your wife, wife, And yeah. she was
1: wrapping presents, though. And But but you, when they open them on Christmas morning, you're going to del- delight in their joy in their joy right and that's the kind of thing we see here he will delight in you and then listen to this this is the same thing i was saying earlier in his love he will no longer rebuke you but will rejoice over you with singing his he wants us not to be objects of rebuke right Mm -hmm. Uh, and he doesn't want us to be objects of shame and that's that's what we have now back to first john I think there's perhaps no better expression of this than what we see here. Do you want to read this in verses one through three? This is first John chapter three now, and I'm going to come back to
0: chapter four in a minute, but see what great love the father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, uh, we yeah. shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure.
1: Lots going on here. But let me go back to the very beginning of this. What love, and I love the way, I love the way this is expressed in the NIV, what love, what great love the Father has lavished on us, right? That that's the idea that he's not held anything back. He, he he you know we are we are children that we are his children, mm-hmm. and we've talked about before that that inheritance and everything that yeah. goes along with that, um, and, and we often again it's a, it's a personal, it, it is not it's a concrete not an abstract love. It's the kind of love that a father, a good father has for his child. That's that's the way that he loves us. So he's lavished this on us. Um, there's some other things that are interesting here. Notice the future. When we're thinking about Advent, you've talked about this, that it's Advent. You know, We, we talk about the expectation, the waiting of God's people until Messiah came, and now the expectation and waiting of the, the New Testament people of God until he returns. And, and you see that. You see the hope. All who have this hope in them, uh, when he when he appears, is talking about his return, his his uh, second coming. When he appears, we shall be like him. We're going to be transformed. You see the transformative mm-hmm. power. And all who have this hope purify themselves. Again, it, it, it's a love that wants to see us be everything that we could be. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's talking about holiness. It's talking about purity as as a part of. Um, an aspect of his love for us, okay? Um, you know, and and sometimes, and again, part of this is because we 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 are imperfect human fathers and we and and mothers and we had imperfect parents. Mm-hmm. Um you know what motivates us a lot of times is maybe a sense of shame. Sometimes I don't want, I don't want to feel ashamed. Um I, I see people who were under very difficult Fathers, for example, who end up being driven people sometimes, who who can never be satisfied with the things that they have and and uh, the, the things that they're doing. But but this is the idea, the, the delight, right? I, mm-hmm. I want I want you to get that sense of it. This is the delight that that he wants to see us. Um, you meant you use the a great word. You want to see your children flourish, right? You want to see them. Uh, become all that they can be Mm -hmm. and and that's the kind of love i think that we're talking about thoughts on that or questions or comments
0: yeah and i think you know he's kind of setting the bar of what real flourishing looks like you know because i think that's easy for me to say like i want my kid to be all that they can be and i can push them and (laughs) you you know i think right I, i You know, I live in a community where sports is like a huge thing. It's like, well, you got to be all that you can be, and so it's it's this push onto the earthly things. But it's, it it, you know, Christ is calling us to a different kind of flourishing, like real, real flourishing.
1: You want to see your children have healthy relationships, right? You you want to see them to be able to provide for their families. Um, You you know, there's things that you want to see, and that I think are in keeping with God's desire for us, but ultimately God's desire is to have relationship with him and Mm -hmm. to be, uh, we talked about this last week when we talked about joy, true joy is found in in accomplishing God's purpose for us, right? I think these two concepts of love and joy are very closely linked, by the way, but um, I haven't really explored that enough as I should probably as much as I should, but 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 I think that's that's what we're talking about. There are healthy they're healthy ways that this love then can be expressed. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really wanna get across, and this is why I think it's so important how we receive God's love for us. It, it makes all the difference in the world, in my opinion. This isn't just like, oh, I know God loves me, but it is really a sense that God wants my best, has my best interest in mind. Um, and, and in fact, I should have looked up this quote. It's one of my favorite quotes Um but it's about the the first step in discipleship is really understanding that that God wants our best, mm-hmm. um, and, and so then to submit ourselves to the things that are that that are you know at our, at our best because He know He's the one who created us right,
0: and that's the real rub in the world, it, it, you know, because because God's love for us and it's that transformative love. That transformation can be uncomfortable, so, and may not may not reflect what yeah. we think it should. Be. So that's what I was getting at when I said our identity
1: has to be in this lo- love God has for that we are His children, and that He loves us and wants our best, instead of what I think is best for me. Yeah, because to be honest, I- I'm pretty lousy when it comes to deciding what's best for me. Um, yeah, you know, if it were up to me, I would. Eat things that are not good for me. Yeah. I would do things that are that are not good for me. I would not maintain healthy relationships. Right? Yeah. Um, it, it's the instant gratification as opposed to lifelong discipleship that that is really you know where we're supposed to be. So, so God's love for us is not an abstract. That's the thing. That's the main thing I want to kind of get across. And it is shown in a very visceral. It's an. It's mm-hmm. the birth. It, it, it is God. Um, being born in a, in a very earthy, um, <laughs> relational way. And, and that's the interesting thing. And that's where I was gonna, gonna get at. We talked about this last week with you have Mary and Elizabeth and Zachariah, you, uh, Elizabeth and Zachariah, Mary and Joseph, mm-hmm. and these births, <laughs> right? Both of them are unexpected, mm-hmm. but they're physical births because where love is, is first experienced is in family. Right mm. in, in, in relationship in community, and we are then children of God because that's where we experience love, right? Mm-hmm. Is in family. Uh, and, and so we are born, and and, and think about it. Jesus uses that kind of language. No right. one's going to see that the kingdom of God unless they're born from above, I would say, you know, from yeah. above the spirit and the water um you know you're born into this new community and you call yourselves brothers and sisters and so Jesus says who are my mother who are my brothers it's these people you know they're my family uh, and that's that's what i think when god you know what great love he's lavished on us that we're called his children uh, we have been made family we're heirs now co-heirs with christ and and all of that it's 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 concrete visceral care for us when we could not care for ourselves. That's the kind of love, concrete love that God has for us. And that's what I really want to get across today in case you can't tell. Here's where I think it makes a difference. So how we receive love then I think also affects how we give love. And and I said the other thing is in this season when we think about love as an aspect of the way God demonstrates uh, his love for us is that he sent his son, right? And that we're born again through him. Um, it also has to do with the way that we give love. It can't be abstract. The way that we give mm-hmm. love cannot be abstract. It has to be concrete. Uh, it, 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 and it has to be done in relationship. So when you think about this season, we want to express God's love to others. Because God's, you know, again, we think about God's love is not a quantity. <laughs> it's not like we can use it up. Right. Right. Uh, it, it is an eternal supply. Uh and and just to simply illustrate this, you you had a child once upon a time, and then you had another child. Mm-hmm. I and, still have these children, <laughs> right? And, but here is why I here is my, my point. When that second child was born, you didn't go, "Oh, uh, sorry, you are going to now have to your first child. You are going to have half as much love as you used to have because I've only got so much love to go around." Right? Mm-hmm. Y- you find that you have enough love to love both, both. Of, and uh, and so. It's not a quantity. It's a weird dynamic. It's not a quantity that gets halved, right? It's just an increase in the amount of because it's relationship. It's not. It's not quantifiable, and so it's the same. I think when we start to love other people, Uh, it's not like, well, how can I love everybody? (laughs) You know, right? I've only got so much love to give. You know, but but it, it as we love more and more, I think there is more love available to us to share. And, and and again, it's it's in relationship. so at this time of year, here's here's kind of the only thing I'll say it's I love this time of year the way we want to help other people and the way we want to show God's love to other people. but a lot of times we want to kind of do it at a distance and we kind of mm-hmm. want to throw our money into stuff that that people don't see. and, and I want to say that if God's love, You know, God said, I really, if I'm going to love them properly, (laughs) I'm kind of making this up, right? Um, If I'm going to love them properly, I've got to take on flesh and I've got to live in their neighborhood. Because if I don't, I mean, what kind of relationship is that, right? Right. And I think that that teaches us an important lesson that if we're going to love others, we have to do it in a relationship kind of way as well. We have to build relationship. Um so you know you love your wife presumably and uh no, I'm I'm not casting this person <laughs> What
0: is happening here?
1: <laughs> you love your wife. I do. And, yes. And we we've, ta- we've talked about this before. I I think this is a good illustration of what I'm talking about. So um you you, you don't just say you love your wife you express it in concrete ways mm-hmm. right there there are things that you do uh we talk about love languages sometimes like I, i'm guessing you buy gifts for your wife sometimes sometimes you buy her flowers right um you know it's a way you show you, you your your care for her um but there are other ways you provide um financially you you provide opportunities you you know you want to make sure she has the care you protect her you know those kind of things are ways that you you demonstrate your love but if you are demonstrating your love in ways that she didn't read as you demonstrating your love then that that's not going to work very long right right and that's where the whole love language book comes Uh, in and you know so you know if she it acts of service, if you never take out the trash and you make her take out the trash, but you go and buy her gifts every week, she's going to be like,
0: <laughs> I don't need more gifts. Take out the trash. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. And we're that way too, right? Right. Uh, we want someone to, uh, and how do you do it? You got to understand the person and you got to know what means something to them. And, and so I guess what I'm saying is in this season, we need to build relationship. That's that's what it means to be God's people, uh, sharing his love with other people, is we need to build relationships with people. Uh, so using, again, God's example, do we choose the people who we like? <laughs> right. Right. We choose the people who are powerless, who, who, who are unlovely, because you know what? We were too, and still are sometimes, quite often. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's building relationships with people not because they deserve our love, right? But simply because they are who they are, and it's getting to know them enough that we understand what an expression of love would be received by them. You, you, you yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I guess I'm making the plea here for for us to truly love one another well. Uh, Both within the community of believers, which is Galatians 6 calls us to do that. We have to love one another, whether we like it or not. And we have to love others as well and do good to others is what what the, the gospel commands us to do. And in order to do that, I think we have to build active relationships, even with people who are different than we are, that have different opinions, they may vote differently than we do. Oh my Ooh. gosh! Mm-hmm. Um, they may, you know, they may understand God differently than than we do. But we're called to love them. And, and, and again, the same thing I'm talking about. That doesn't mean we accept everything about, you know, what they believe and and who they are and, and those kind of things. But we love. And I know it sounds strange to say love and acceptance. You know, but but you understand what I'm saying? Yes. It's not like we affirm er- everything about how they are. In the same way God didn't say to us, oh, you dirty little grubby creatures, I'm going to love you just like you are. Uh, he does love us as we are, but then he transforms. It's a right. transformative kind of love. So, so we again, we, we don't have the kind of love that can transform, but we point toward one who can. Um, and, and I think we can become the first concrete part of the family that shows people the kind of love that God has, um, and I guess that's what I'm what I'm calling for in this season—not to not to just love at a distance. There's there's good ways to do that, but I'm really talking about taking the time and energy and and effort that it takes to build relationships and love in that way as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's great. You didn't
1: know this was going to end with the season was going to end with a with a call to love people. I but. didn't.
0: I didn't. I didn't know much of where this was going. <laughs> uh, yes. So no. But I. I think that's great. I think that's you know it's we've talked about this before. It's so easy to get caught up in the season, yeah, and thinking about preparing for the things that involve just us, but right. you know looking beyond ourselves at this sure. time, um, reflecting it because again. Christ is returning yep. you know and um preparing for the fa- the family yep that, that is to come that as well. is right yeah yep. absolutely well brian thanks so much yeah really appreciate it yeah see you next year yeah thank you all our listeners we'll see you uh next year 2023 2023 uh, yeah. Sometime in January. Don't forget to put that in your checks. Yeah. When you send them, when you yeah. send them in. No. Or when you sign up on Patreon <laughs> and you'd like to send us a, a direct message, you can do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you have enjoyed the, the podcast, you can uh, help us with this. Uh, yes. the podcast. It does cost us some money yeah. to do online video when Brian's in a spot that has video that works. <laughs> that happened a couple weeks ago. Wow. Um, but uh, hosting and, and all the other things. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, we would love your support. Yep. You can do that. Go to our website, the BibleBeacon.com. Comp. Share it with others. We're starting yes. to get
1: a uh, little traction, starting to be some people out there watching and listening. The new year, there's not,
0: I mean, what else are you going to do the new year? So yeah. <laughs> go back, listen to them that yeah. you missed. But then we'll be back in January. Yes. Um, and uh, look forward to, to being back with you then. All so, right. Brian, thanks so much. I'll see you. All right. Take care. Signing off. Bye. <laughs>